Now, back to Cofield and Company. How do you teach the fans the game? These people that think they know the game of basketball but don't really know. How does J.J. Reddick go up there and teach the game? That's the new media. You got fools like Kendra Perkins come dressing like a clown. Come up here in a, a jail suit. And then you lead a game early tonight. Stand on your word, brother. You got to stand on that. It's one thing's for certain. I'm going to stand on mine. Full-time champ. I'm out. Draymond Green. The new media. Working for Colin Cowherd. From the old media. Let's talk about the draft. Certainly, GSW built a lot of what they've done here in this dynasty through the draft. Curtis Terry is with us, former UNLV player, also a UNLV broadcaster. Curtis, we went to break, and you actually uh, you were mentioning the Rockets and Bancaro and the fact that they moved Christian Wood. What do you think of that deal, and how does Chris Wood now adjust to going to a team where there's actually some pressure to deliver wins? I think it's going to be easier for Seawood. Uh, I think he's in a position to where he won't have all the focus on him. And, and again, it's tough to be successful, as, as people have seen, without James Harden in Houston. When you're, the expectations are low, the bar is not set very high, and they've got a young team. So no matter how good his numbers were and he went through an injury, uh, he just was never going to live up to it and, and kind of live up to that contract. I think now he can wipe the slate clean. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Dallas Mavericks organizations from the time I got to spend around it when Jason was playing there for, for Mark Cuban and the Mavs. And I think it's a spot where he's going to be able to flourish. I think he'll be able to uh, kind, of, kind of sit back in the wings, let Luka do his thing, uh, and kind of be the sidekick to Luka. But I think he's going to be able to add a different dimension to their pick and pop, um, to their pick and roll, and just a, a, a different dynamic than what they've had um, so far with that team to take a step but now they've got to make a, another leap to be able to, to get not just to the conference finals but try to get to the nba championship um but i think it's going to be a good spot for c wood um and again he, he doesn't have to move far though that's a, that's an easy trip from, from houston um to the d so that'll be an easy transition <laughs> i've seen donovan williams ranked on a couple of big boards like 70th 99th that's not going to get you drafted can Donovan look at you know Christian Wood, who was not drafted in 2015? He was very disappointed. It was a devastating night. Can he look at Wood and kind of follow the lead? I mean, what do you think of Donovan's chances to make the NBA long term? Uh, you, you know, it's 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 always tough. I mean, it's it's kind of like Draymond said. I mean, the the media in terms of uh, people don't know what they're talking about. Now, obviously, there's some people that they they live and breathe, and, and their job is day and night uh, to do draft projections um, and draft research and analysis. So most of those guys got their, got a good finger on it, can understand the pulse of what's kind of going to happen. But I think it's it's tough with Donovan Williams, a guy that transferred from Texas, uh, him and Royce Ham. They played behind a lot of NBA guys down there when they were in Austin playing for the Longhorns. But I think from a physique and just skill set, Donovan Williams is a prototypical NBA player, long, athletic, can run the floor, can shoot from the outside, can handle it, get out in transition. So he's got the tools. It's just, again, a matter of the right fit for him where he's going to fall in terms of that draft position. Uh, but again, sometimes if you're not going to be, in my opinion, if you're not, I'd say, second round, 30, 32 to 50, you almost would kind of prefer to not get drafted because then you can kind of pick and choose where you want to go and not just get picked um, like 58th and sometimes you end up getting stashed overseas um, or, or in the G League. So, again, I think it's, it's about right place, right time. Um, but I'm excited for these guys. and Hopefully hopefully Bryce and Donovan can both hear their name called. That's, I know it's going to be a dream of theirs come true if that can happen. Were you surprised by Donovan's decision to leave UNLV? 
Yes and no. I mean, these days, I'm, I, you can't be surprised by anything that happens in terms of with college athletics and, and people uh, deciding to, to take that jump and make that leap to the next level to be pros. Um, can't say that I would have stayed. Can't say that I would have went. I sure as heck would have loved to have that opportunity and, and that decision. Um, so congrats to him for that. Uh, but I think, again, it's, it's a matter of believing in yourself uh, and knowing that you can achieve what you want to set out to do, regardless of the naysayers and, and kind of the people um, behind the screens and, and kind of the Twitter gangsters. Um, but I think it's a position where he knows what he can do. We saw it this season at UNLV. He had flashes and stretches where he was amazing in the open floor, knocking down shots, guarding one through five. And I think that's what teams are going to kind of latch to and see, man, there's tons of potential here with Donovan Williams. Um, and he can only get better. Still a guy that's looking to work and willing to work um, and knows what he wants to achieve and kind of has a chip on his shoulder having to leave Texas to make a transfer um, and then now not getting a lot of respect coming out of UNLV. I thought Kevin Kruger and the staff sent an early sign that they were prepared for Donovan to leave because I thought they recruited over him with Luis Rodriguez and you know I'm reading a lot of people and a lot of it's just not watching enough college basketball and doing research on the players that are coming into the program but I'm reading a lot of people who are you know very worried about where the offense is going to come from. And I understand it with you know Bryce gone, Bryce Hamilton and 23 points a game gone. That is a concern. But I do believe from what I saw and what I've seen of Rodriguez that he can actually fill the role of Donovan as a scorer. I think he can be a three-point shooter eventually, and I think he's going to be much better defensively. And he'll also be consistent. And this is not a knock on Donovan, but I think they replaced him well with the transfer from Ole Miss. Yeah, no, and again, full disclosure, I have not had a chance to see these guys work out in person. I know most of the guys are now in town, um, so I want to get down there and kind of check out the new crew. It's becoming an annual thing of wiping the slate clean and getting a full new roster, uh, so I'll have to do my studying over the summer. But I think, again, Coach Kevin Kruger and his staff, kudos to them. They do a great job, and they've done it now um, uh, again for a second time, going out and finding guys to replace um, a, a stable of guys that are leaving and moving on. And so for them, the, the transfer portal has been huge. Uh, and I wouldn't say they recruited over him. I think they recruited guys that would seamlessly fit in with him or right. without him okay. um, going through that transition. Obviously, I think uh, losing Bryce Hamilton is huge. I mean, the, the, the offensive ability from, from that kid um, – bar none is, is something we haven't seen at UNLV in a long, long time. That's going to hurt to not have that. But I think it's a matter of, like they say, the old adage, defense wins championships. I think this is going to be a team that's going to be able to defend. And in the Mountain West, if you can defend the likes of San Diego State, of Boise State, put yourself in a position to play defense and give yourself a chance to win at the end, you'll be in the ball game. And throughout the course of the season, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Your offense is going to slowly come together as the season progresses, as we saw with the Rebels. And I think having Jordan McCabe another year in charge at the point guard, having Keyshawn Gilbert learning behind him and getting more comfortable as a sophomore, I think offensively they're going to come together. And again, having guys with an opportunity to have a role that they haven't had in the past is going to be huge and allow them to excel. Um, and so, again, I, I'm excited about what Coach Kevin Kruger has done. Um, and I've also got to give, give them a shout-out because they finally went up to the Pacific Northwest, tapped into the market up there, uh, and they got, they, got a com they got a commitment and a sign from, from Shane Noel, who was at the University of Arizona, a kid that's from Seattle and, and comes from an NBA bloodline with his brother Jalen Noel, former Pac-12 player of the year at Washington, and now with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So uh, hopefully we can get some more Pacific Northwest love coming down to Vegas to enjoy the sunshine. I can never pronounce many of the Washington names. Is it Sammamish? How do you how do you, what is Smamish? How do you yeah, say this you, name? You, you did it, Sammamish. Okay, good job. Right. <laughs> I get very confused. Get very that's confused. the easiest. That's the easiest of the words <laughs> you could have went for for sure. <laughs> uh, how excited are you to see 
a hometown guy come back and uh, give him versatility and size. I mean, this this is absolutely going to be a bigger, stronger, longer team because uh, I, I get the sense that they were a little frustrated as a coaching staff with the injuries and then, you know, facing teams like Boise and other teams and they're like, man, look at how small this team is out there. And, and the, the guy I'm bringing up is Isaiah Cottrell, you know, at a legit 6'9", close to 6'10", coming back. Yeah, no, I think it's huge. I mean, obviously, I think last this time last year we were excited and intrigued by, by the size of, of the players for UNLV because it's not something we had seen in a while consistently across the board in terms of guys that look like, first of all, grown men and just look like ball players in terms of strength, stature, um, and, and overall height. So I think with this group, you kind of replace that. I know one thing that people were kind of concerned about, I was as well, was how do you replace Royce Ham? I mean, that's a guy, he's a fan favorite. He's my kids' favorite player last year. Um, and my son is still heartbroken that Royce is not here. But in, in terms of what he brought to the table, not just with effort and energy, rebounding, being selfless, uh, but just physicality. And I think it's an opportunity for, for someone like Isaiah Cottrell to, to step in, to come back home. That carries its own weight in and of itself. But to be coming off an injury now two years removed from that Achilles, I think he's going to have a chance uh, to kind of pick up those pieces. And obviously to continue to see the progression uh, of David Muoko is, is going to be huge for the Rebels. because I think he took a huge step, and now the door's open for him to continue that. Um, but again, man, th this team is, is not like Rebels of old. These guys are big, they're strong, they're athletic. Um, and if anything, they look the part. So hopefully they can put some fear into people just walking on the court naturally. <laughs> How important is it uh, to take these international trips – as uh, the Rebels are going to get some early action late summer. Okay, now I've, I've got a bone to picture with this one. So you, you, you hit a soft spot. So it's, I think it's huge, right? You obviously, to be able to get that camaraderie, um, to build that team bonding, it's huge. The Rebels didn't get to do it a couple years ago when they had one scheduled when TJ was in charge. Um, my freshman year with Coach Kruger, we got to take a trip. We got to go to, of all places, the tropical destination of Vancouver, Canada. Um, lovely <laughs> place up there, um, which is where this team is going to be going again. They're going to right, Canada right, right. While, while Kentucky's going to the Bahamas. Now, I don't know how that works out vacation-wise. Eh, I mean, to each their own. Uh, but nonetheless, you get an opportunity to play uh, some college programs um, in those foreign, those foreign cities. You also get to play some of their professional teams. So you get a chance to play some different competition, but it's always good to play an international style of basketball because it's something different in terms of what you see here in the States. It's more team-oriented, fundamentally sound. But the biggest thing is to be able to get these guys for a week, get them off campus, get them away from home, let them just be together, have fun, get to know each other, and you've got a whole new coaching staff as well um, for the most part. So I think it's a good bonding opportunity. Uh, but I'm still upset because not only did we have to go to Canada, but the year after I – the summer I graduated, um, of all places, they got to go to Australia. Um, oh, wow. And so I, I'm still upset about that one, but I won't tell Coach Kruger that. <laughs> Let's go back to where we started and uh, talk about the top of the NBA draft. I think Chet Holmgren is the best prospect in the draft. Am I off? Uh, you know, again, I think it's it's it, it's a personal preference. It's what you like or what you're looking for. But I think a lot of that depends on who they're going to be surrounded with. Because I think, again, if, if you get drafted to a position and you've got some guys that are already established um, and experienced um, and, and comfortable in themselves and kind of what the, the organization is trying to build, I think you'll be in a good spot. The, the one thing that we're going to see and people keep knocking, knocking Chet for it, um, is his frame, right? Is he a little slight? He's big, he's athletic, but he's going to be – strong enough to uphold the constant daily physical beating of the NBA um, and these grown men he's going to battle. That's, I mean, truth be told, we're going to find out how that's going to play out. That's my one concern, but skill set, he's got it. Me personally, again, not even because he's from Seattle, I think Paulo Banquero 
is a guy that from day one is going to be able to step in, make an immediate impact because of his skill set. Um, and he's just basically trained to be a professional his whole life with that basketball culture in the Pacific Northwest. I know everybody's had their fingerprints on him in terms of uh, with Brandon Roy, Jamal Crawford, Isaiah Thomas. Um, the list goes on and on and on. And so I know he's going to be prepared how to handle himself as a pro both on and off the court because he's got the skill set when it comes to the basketball standpoint. Curtis, we know who the top three names are, but are people missing out on the fact that Jaden Ivey might be a steal at four? Oh, he's, that's huge. That's the one I like. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a kid that he showed throughout the season, but especially at the end when he got a little bit more attention to someone that can make some plays and make some shots. And that's what you're looking for in the NBA. Someone that hasn't had it handed to him per se, um, hasn't had it easy, uh, but someone that has the, the physique, the skill set, and just the attitude and mentality to come in and get it done. I like Jaden Ivey. I think that's someone who's going to be a, a pleasant surprise for a team that, that can grab him probably at that four spot. Um, but again, there's, there's a lot of pressure that comes with those top picks, those lottery picks. And if, if you're not the top dog, um, it's sometimes it's okay to be drafted 10, 11, 12, 13, because you're going to slide into a spot that's got some veterans um, just outside of the playoffs, um, and you won't have the, the, the media glare and kind of the bullseye on your back to perform from day one. But I, I definitely like I definitely like Jaden Ivey. I think he's one that's going to surprise a lot of people at, at the end of his first season. I think Jaden Hardy's one of the more intriguing selections in this entire draft. I think there, there are teams that are very high in him. Others saw what he did in the G League, and they're like, well, you know, is he kind of a, you know, another volume shooter at 6'4"? Do we have enough of those in the NBA? I wonder what happens. And again, I wish I had a crystal ball. Um, it's it's tough to say. I, I think a, a lot of this plays out because you don't go to college, right? Um, which is good. You get that opportunity to train as a pro. Um, from from Jaden Hardy's standpoint, obviously a local Vegas kid um, by way of Detroit. But then you don't get that opportunity to, to kind of be a kid. You know what I mean? From day one, you're thrown into the fire. You don't have that camaraderie of trying to, to grow up and be to be a kid and, and learn from your mistakes. You're immediately expected to do the right thing every time you step out there in the spotlight, out of the spotlight. Uh, but I think that that GV route's good for some people. I just hope he's prepared from a standpoint of how to handle adversity because you don't really get to do that in the G League uh, from my experience and my perspective. Uh, but in college, you have to, right? Because you're going to have people talking trash about you on Twitter, people on campus, um, on the road, at home. And so I think that college experience would have been huge for Jaden to, uh, to be able to take that next step. But nonetheless, he's not, a, he's not in a bad spot by any means. I think it's just a matter of getting to the right draft position for him and then getting on the court and doing what he, do, what, doing what he does because that kid can play ball at the end of the day. Curtis, glad you're doing well. Let's hook up again soon and uh, enjoy the, the rest of the summer. Thanks, man. Uh, will do. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. There he is, Curtis Terry, one of the voices of UNLV basketball, a former running Rebel. Good stuff. On the way back, we'll address uh, what might happen with Jaden Hardy, you know, one of the big local stars. We've got a lot of guys with Vegas ties in this draft, and I'll, uh, I'll give you a message about just how important it is you know, as a basketball player, really as a college athlete, to make sure you're dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's because guess what? NBA personnel people are going to ask about everything, and that's why as soon as you get to school, you need to be acting like a pro if you want to be a pro at some point. Excellent. On the 15 southbound after Sahara Avenue, showing multiple lanes. the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s. It's Cofield and Company.
Yep, watching some baseball, getting ready for the NBA draft. Number one pick up in the uh, next 20 minutes or so. We'll go to the national coverage here in just a few. Uh, baseball, Astros take a 3 nothing lead on the Yankees as uh, Al Bregman had a three-run home run. No one is going to have the last uh, couple of days that Otani had. Shohei Otani, two homers, eight ribs the other night, follows up that with a pitching performance, a two-hitter, eight innings plus, 13 Ks. My God, he's ridiculous. And I saw CC Sabathia was like, come on. Like, no one in the world can do this. No. I mean, he, it's, he's ridiculous. Yeah, it's. And he should be. He should start every year as the MVP favorite, and we go from there. All right, so what do you got tonight? You got something? I like a couple of props from one game. Okay. The Philadelphia Phillies are in San Diego. Yep. Joe Musgrove's on the hill. Uh, five and a half strikeouts. Like the over. Uh, Musgrove is a guy, he averages 6.7 strikeouts per outing. He struck out 7.6 per outing in the month of June. He's mastered the Phillies during his career, 2-0 in four appearances. He has struck out 23 Philly batters in his last three starts against the Phils, an average of 7.6 per outing. I like the over 5.5. Now, in that same game, there have been times we've seen the Phillies struggle against a pitcher, and you know who happens to get a hit or tries to spark? Bryson Stott, our local kid, he is, in the last nine games, he has one base hit. He's hit a little bit of a slump since he went on that little tear. Well, out west, close to Vegas, I do know for a fact that his biggest fan base, Mom, Shanna, Sis, Bree, he's got a little bit of a crew down there. He got to visit with them a little bit. I have a feeling that he's the, the, uh, the over half a hit, just to get one hit, is minus 125, cheap price. So we're going to go over one, over half a hit for Bryson Stott, over five and a half strikeouts for Padres pitcher Joe Musgrove. You like these? I'll call them exotic props. I like the player props from time to time. I do. Right. I do. I, I do. I look at them. Um, the strikeouts. I, there's probably two times, three times a week where you can find some good value if you if you have the time to dig into the numbers, which I'm I'm doing every morning, writing up some some sports betting analysis. This one, obviously, with Bryson is just for fun, and it's the local kid, and 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 I follow the the family on social media so they're out there and you could just see you know it's it's one of those things where you know it's like in the movie trouble with the curve and clint eastwood says when's the last time he's seen his family then all of a sudden they fly the family in and the kid goes on a tear so one hit in nine games that's not bryson Stott style he got a chance to see mom and sis and and, and the crew and his girl they're probably all down there he gets one base hit we got raiders news in today making it official 25 days until the Raiders open camp with the rookies, a couple days after that, vets are supposed to be in. Yep, they're going to start earlier than just about everyone in football because they're in the Hall of Fame game. So, the dates are what? 18th, July 18th for rookies. There we go. July 20th. There we go. For yep. the vets. Now, uh, as you <laughs> mentioned, they are the earliest, along with. Uh, the Chargers rookies report the 19th. There are several teams whose rookies start the 19th, um, and then and then some of them. It's not till a week later that the vets, as you mentioned, because of the Hall of Fame game. Um, and what do they got? Jacksonville. Correct. Jacksonville's got the rookies and the vets both reporting on the 24th. They're just hoping everybody gets there. <laughs> Hope everyone gets there healthy because uh, yeah. they, they have a lot of guys coming back off of injuries, especially at the running back position. So it's gonna. That'll change that team if they actually have some healthy running backs. The first group of rookies officially, though, is the Las Vegas Raiders, and the first uh, group of veterans 
out of the entire league is the Las Vegas Raiders. The 18th and the 20th. And, you know, um, two of the guys here on the show, you can catch our coverage. Adam will be out there. I'll be out there. So we'll be all over it. So all of these drafts, and we got the NBA draft coming up here on ESPN Las Vegas, all of these drafts are unpredictable, right? No one nails it consistently. Even the top pick is not nailed consistently. And so much of it is about doing the research. And I thought this this tweet was interesting, you know, in terms of work ethic and being able to deliver as a teammate work mm. within a team. Carlin mm. Hartman, the old, not that old, uh, former assistant at UNLV with Kevin Kruger, went to Florida. He said, uh, I get one to two calls a week from NBA personnel about players I've coached at Oklahoma or UNLV. Today I spoke to three teams leading up to the draft trying to find out last-minute info. They ask everything. Point being, be a great teammate, be coachable, have a great attitude. You just never know. It's funny you bring that up. I was going to ask Curtis, but I didn't get a chance to do it. I do an enterprising project for the Summer League where I whittle down the list of draftees and I go to their hometown papers. And you know one of the qualification or one of the disqualifications if, that I won't write about is if they jump from high school to high school to high school from their they leave their hometown, they go here. There were a couple that went to at least 3 high schools. Yeah. And then they go to college. It's so it's a step removed, but it somewhat is a sign of is it Maybe that you're not coachable, that, that you're, you, there's a prima donna sort of mindset ahead of time. I get it. Sometimes you want to be in a bigger spotlight, but I, I, I eliminate them. I, there's other processes of elimination. I usually get it down to like 25 subjects, and I reach out to their little town papers. But uh, that was one of the things I wanted to ask him that. So it's funny that you brought that up. Happy hours going on right now at Silver 7s, Flamingo, and Paradise. We're here every Thursday, but they got daily happy hour going from 3 until 5, 277 on Pint Shots. And margaritas. Just about every day they've got a gaming giveaway. You sign up for the A-Play card. That's their player's card. They've got a Tuesday gift giveaway. They've got a Friday gift giveaway, Friday nights. They've got slot contests where they're giving away a $250 uh, hourly rollover free play from 8 to midnight. Great, great restaurant here. Including... Nice and expensive meals for the 50-plus crowd, Willie. That'll make us happy. Sure. Right? On Wednesdays, they've got the Nifty 50 slot tournament. Food discounts 11 times on the points. And they're uh, adding hours and specials all the time to the cafe here. So come on down. Sterling Spoon Cafe. This is a great place to hang out at Silver 7's any day of the week. All right. NBA draft time coming up. We'll find out where uh, you know guys with local ties and locals, Orlando Robinson and Jaden Hardy and Donovan Williams and the Mountain West Conference players go. And also the number one pick is up in minutes.